0: Hey, Maggie. Hey, what? What are caterpillars scared of? I don't know, what? Dogger pillars. <laughs> 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 191. And I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-host come together to give everyone the information they need to get their family game on. This week, I'm joined by my permanent co-host, the Princess of Power, Amanda Farrow of SuperParent.com and GameDaily.biz. How are you?
1: I'm so much better now that we're podcasting. I know. I know. a lousy day, this definitely
0: makes happy um, to be doing this. it definitely makes every day better. Um, so, uh, as I promised, I did not give you a recording of me uh, opening the podcast for you to have to be your like alarm. Um, but we can do that. It could be your text alert. That'll that'll I'm make that. that'll make your family super it's happy. Currently,
1: it's currently the um, the sound that. That's made whenever you try and enter like a like you you it's like the doorbell or whatever whenever you try to enter uh, a room in Star Trek: The Next Generation.
0: Oh, you're because that's you're that level of dork. I get it, and that's fine. So am I. That's whatever. So I. You
1: know who I was.
0: Yeah, I know. I know who <laughs> you are. I yeah, exactly. Um, you weren't recruited on this podcast um for anything less than that.
1: Lack of dorkitude. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, for the
1: that was-
0: <laughs> for the longest time, um, my text message was the transformer sound, like the transform sound. Um, what I really want, because I still have the audio file, and I don't know, I think it might have even been Mike who put it on the internet, which was the audio clip of uh, that wizard came from the moon.
1: It's true, he did. That's his current text. I found message. it
0: on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've even talked about this before. I think we talked about this at Toy Fair, that I have that sound file somewhere, and I'm desperately trying to figure out a way to put it up as a sound file on my iPhone. And it's just hard, and I'm not going to switch to Android just to do it, because that's just no. Um, But one day. So, anyway... um, enough about ringtones the podcast although i'm sure there is a podcast about ringtones somewhere um it's just the two of us this okay. week now i know last week i promised we were going to talk about board games to get ready for gen con however i had an epiphany in the meantime um and here's what the epiphany was um you went to the Fortnite world cup over the weekend and you instagrammed right, the sure. crap out of it you were like hashtag influencer. i was saying like you really were it was yeah. really hard to keep up with um, thank you for I allowing was so me exciting. thank you for allowing me to regram some of those pictures. Um, they attracted a bot who is not a bot. It was very funny um, so you were at the Fortnite World Cup and a sixteen year old kid won three million dollars, so I wanted to talk about that. Also, the EVO schedule is up, because EVO is this weekend, and every year, during the summer, I talk about EVO, the World Fighting Game Championship. So what I thought we would do is switch it around, because I think it made more sense to talk about Gen Con after Gen Con, considering the fact that you are going to Gen Con. Um, yeah,
1: but not as a member, a member of the press.
0: Nope, you're going as a fan, which means you're only going to work for half of it. Um, because yeah. I know you. <laughs> um do you, tell me um yeah, how, how many gen con appointments do you have zero wow i
1: have no gen con appointments oh, i am yeah. gonna go fly by the seat of my pants like a good girl and go run around and see all my friends but the only appointments that i have are all personal i'm gonna meet up with super parents managing editor managing editor brandy berthelson she's coming down from muncie what?
0: Oh, Indiana. Oh, so she's close.
1: She's super close. Will this yeah. be the
0: first time the two of you have met?
1: Yes. Oh, wow. We've been working together now for a year and a half almost, and we've never met before. But she is instrumental in all of the good things that Superparent is. Superparent wouldn't be what it is if not for Brandy. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to seeing her in person and meeting her and giving her all the hugs and giving her all the thank yous in person.
0: So, well, that's pretty cool. Um... So, so you're going to be at Gen Con. So what we thought yeah. we would do is switch it up and basically just have the podcast be driven by the things you're doing. Because I'm basically staying at home. You're living the wildlife, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, so I figured we'd take advantage. Um, so this week, for a, to give everybody a preview, we're going to talk about the Fortnite World Cup. We're going to be talking about EVO. We're going to do a little update on Joy-Con Drift because we have confirmation of the process um, after you and I theorized about it last week. Um, and then we have a question of the week submitted by one of our fans, um, and we'll talk about that later. So, um, first, Amanda, you yes. went to the Fortnite World Cup. I'm really very, did. very, very jealous because it was close enough that I could have gone. Um tell me what this experience was like because this is the this was the first Fortnite World Cup and it was it seems like they did an okay job
1: they did a really really great job I was there for media day on that Thursday which was really great I got to you know hang out and listen to some conversations with some of the some of the players and they were wonderful they were genuinely just these wonderful young men it would have been nice to have seen seen some girls up on the stage we didn't talk to any girls or women um. So yeah, I I don't know. Like uh, I I spent spent that time with the young men at the the press conference, and they were just super humble and adorable. I wrote about my experiences over on Super Parent, but the one thing that I want to impart on absolutely everybody is that the Fortnite World Cup was the most wholesome thing I've ever attended. It's the most wholesome event I've ever been at. Okay. The audience was incredible. So all of these enthusiasts and super fans and parents that had maybe never seen a Fortnite match before. Like everybody was so excited to be there. There was all, nothing but cheering, even if somebody lost and there was like, a Oh, that sucks for them. It was never jeers or booze. It was just always very supportive of everybody. And it didn't matter who won and it didn't matter, you know, if it wasn't your favorite or not, you know, they just felt so good about just cheering whoever. And the matches themselves, I've never watched competitive Fortnite before. And it was the most bonkers thing I've ever seen in my life. I've seen some competitive gaming in my life. Don't get me wrong. I've seen like lots of fighting game competitions. I've watched competitive Starcraft. I've watched competitive Overwatch, but I've never seen competitive Fortnite. And competitive Fortnite is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. These kids are moving so fast because the average age of the players in the Fortnite World Cup was 16. You need to be at least 13 in order to qualify for the Fortnite World Cup, and the oldest, yeah, the oldest players were 24. They didn't. Ancient. It wasn't that
0: ancient. Yeah,
1: they were ancient. It was like you were in your 40s at that that point with Fortnite. So that was the joke, is that you know Psalm came in, what was it like second or third or something like that? And they're like, yeah, he's 42 in Fortnite years, even though he's 24.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So it was.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like, I mean, the Twitch mechanics in, in competitive Fortnite learning how those, and I, I've ne- like I said, I've never played super competitive Fortnite before. I never got the hang of building, but watching how they set up these box traps and watching how they maneuvered through the upper astralons of, um, of competitive play. Like it was exceptional. It yeah. was truly, truly exceptional. So I was, I was part of the hype crew. I was there technically as press, but I was there for Superparent, so I was there to just hype the event and be really excited, and, and I was. It was just exceptional. I had so much fun.
0: So would you say that Fortnite, I mean, there are a lot of games that when they are played at, like, a casual, fun level, they are, like, one game. But then when they yes. are played at a high level, it is a it's completely, a completely different, different video game. It um, is.
1: It's a completely different
0: yeah and that's what's so interesting about and this realistically I encourage a lot of folks I mean this the, there are videos of the Fortnite World Cup all over YouTube oh, watch. ESPN watch covered it like this is the deal right this yeah, was a 30 was- million dollar tournament the yeah. winner of the solos won 3 million dollars
1: really 3 million US
0: I mean and a he's a 16 year old kid
1: Pennsylvania
0: yeah just some kid Just a kid. Yeah,
1: just some 16-year-old kid. And his performances, like, that that kid, he rolled into first through the first match, and it was unbelievable. And he held on to that lead the entire tournament. No one was going to take it away from him. So, yeah, I was just, I was so excited to just be sitting there in the audience and getting hyped up about, like, Holy crap, did you see that elimination, and did you see that tactic, and... Now I'm starting to understand why people really enjoy watching competitive Fortnite. I'm so bad at Fortnite.
0: Oh, I'm terrible clear. also. Battle
1: Royale, Battle Royale is not my style of game unless it's Tetris. But watching competitive Fortnite makes me want to play it. Like, it genuinely does. I'm starting to see the... I'm starting to see, like, you, you know, you and I have talked about influencer marketing before, especially with Apex, Apex Legends. And it's really interesting to to watch that be enacted like in my general direction or I'm like you know I had I was just not good at this game before but now that I see how like high level players are playing it I'm really interested to figure out like how that works and how would I do it and what would my tactics be in the the upper echelons and I wonder what that would look like in a duo or in a trio or or in like a full squad so it's just it was the most empowering thing to be in this audience like all these kids were so excited to be there marshmallow was there
0: of course. And I
1: don't know I don't know Marshmello's music very well, but I know that he is quite the Fortnite phenomenon. And it was just like the most wholesome experience. There are no other words for it. It was just incredibly wholesome. There were so many kids and so many parents. And I heard these kids, you know, all over the place in the arena. They're like, can you believe that we're here? Can you believe that we're actually here at the Fortnite World Cup? And they're getting super excited about seeing their favorite players, like either on the stage or they're seeing them. You know after the show or before the show or whatever and the production value on the fortnite world cup it took them 10 months to pull together it was <laughs> 10 months and the way that they like i i'm probably gonna write a, th- a business thing about it for game daily at some point but man the logistics that went into this is just unbelievable and i hope that they just keep getting better at it and they do their like they do more for the the press, you know, not because I need special anything, but I would have liked somewhere to plug no. my laptop in.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you think, so this isn't this is a, this was likely a proof of concept for them, right? I mean, yeah. the reality is...
1: time that they'd put that yeah. stage out, but it yeah. was the first Fortnite Cup.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is their Super Bowl, and the reality is there's media week before Super Bowl, right? Like, there's yeah. stuff going, and so you had a media day, but um, yeah. I think that that Fortnite and Epic Games, like their PR team, who I'm sure had their hand in well, everything. Overworked. Um, yeah, well, of course. Um, they work in games. Um, so the... Um, and I say that as a very dark joke, but we get it. Um, so they they have to be... Now that this was successful, because clearly it was a success, they got all sorts of press. I mean, ESPN covered it. And I know ESPN has an eSports coverage section, but like the main ESPN Twitter account doesn't post Overwatch League results, right? Like the main, the Mothership ESPN account shared the results of a Fortnite tournament. And I know it is the big one, but they shared the results of a Fortnite tournament. That has to be one of the first times that they shared a video game outside of like, You know, like, you know, some outside of like an off reference that was meant to be a joke or a meme, right? Like they were sharing the news. And that to me, like the fact that I saw ESPN's primary Twitter account put that out was it felt like we we live in a world before the Fortnite World Cup. And we live in a world afterwards. And I know I've said right. that before, but I think that this is, you know, in, in all the, it, I think it matters because Fortnite is so huge. It is. They could have screwed this up real bad.
1: They could have fallen flat on their faces. The production value could have been garbage. They could have chosen a terrible stadium. The stadium that they chose was fantastic. Oh, I mean, the the Arthur the Stadium is, outside.
0: yeah, Arthur Ashe like, Stadium is beautiful.
1: It's gorgeous in there. I've never been there before because I don't think I've ever been to Queens before, but I was so, ple- I was just pleased as punch to be there. Genuinely, the whole time that I was there, I was just so grateful to be there at all. Yeah. Um, from like, from a super parent perspective, especially because I was able to get in on the ground floor and be able to say, no, no, no. You know, I saw the Fortnite World Cup. I see what the hype is about. I get yep. it now. I didn't get it before. I yeah. genuinely didn't.
0: Yeah, you know, and I,
1: now I understand. And
0: I'm and I'm so excited to see that. And there's there's been some commentary coming from like non gaming folks, uh, specifically talking about the 16 year old kid. Um, you know how much you know if he's that he good it. at Fortnite. What would you know? Uh, the big one that I saw is um, you know, so he basically won the lottery, and I'm like, no, no, he's an athlete. No, no he worked he's
1: a digital and athlete trained. but an athlete at the last. Yeah, he worked. Yes. He
0: trained. He studied. Um, yeah. this is a skill-based video game, absolutely. Um, it is. And so, yeah, no, no, the the folks talking about you know he won the lottery and stuff like that really bugged me, um, because that's de- definitely not the way that it works.
1: No, it's um, not how esports works. And you know what's really interesting is before I started covering esports as a as a journalist, I had no idea. I genuinely yeah. didn't. I was totally over there with like the naysayers and I'm like, it doesn't, you know, like whatever. They're not real, not real athletes. And I honestly, ever since I started covering it, especially on Game Daily, like I get it, Yeah. I get what goes into it now. I understand because I'm able to take a look at it from the top down. I, I don't look at it from the bottom up because I don't have access to players, but because I do have access to these organizations and we're able to have more top level conversations. I'm able to take that 30,000-foot view, then that 10,000-foot view, and take a look at what esports looks like as an economy. And that, to me, is compelling and fascinating. And being able to see that economy enacted in person was just fascinating. And that young man was an unbelievable player, and he earned that. Mm-hmm. He earned that through and through and through and through and through.
0: And apparently, based on uh, – so there were some interviews with his mom, and apparently he did it in spite of his mom, like, breaking his headset and not being happy with him being on his Xbox too long. And, you know, listen, man, I get it. Um, I'm I'm kind of lucky that Jake was at Boy Scout camp when that won because I am certain that the – That he'd be like, I'm going to be a
1: pro He Fortnite looked at me player. and been
0: like, Dad, I'm dropping out of school. I want to be a Fortnite pro. And I'm just like, ooh, you're ooh. definitely – you can try, bro, but you're not dropping out of school. Um, yeah. But I think that's no. another piece is that um, Marsha Morgan from the Mommy Gamers shared an article on her Facebook page, and the immediate assumption was, um, you know, like, that he had no balance in his life, and that he was just, you know, like, the, the, everything, everybody went to the negative when well, uh, Marsha, yeah, know that that well. everybody, yeah, how would you know, um, and Everybody just kind of automatically assumed the negative when the reality is, like, um, okay, you're right. This kid, first off, this kid is definitely going to inspire a lot of 10 and 11 and 12 year olds and 13 year olds and 40 year olds even to play Fortnite and, you know, try to get good. And there's going to be a lot of young kids that are going to see that and try and play. Um, And somehow that's bad because it's going to, like, poison these kids' minds. Why? Well, I don't that's a very good question and one that I disagree one uh, one that I just disagree with their entire premise. Um Absolutely. I reject all of it. Absolutely. Um nobody uh gets mad at Tom Brady for making kids want to play football and as they shouldn't really, you know. Yep. Like so this is I think there's it's cool to have a dream. Nobody says, "Oh, well this kid wants to play professional baseball." let's tell him when he's nine that that's just never going to happen where we tell these kids yeah, it's like, not okay. and the thing that I, the, the big difference in that comparison, because I, I know I've been making a lot of comparisons so far in this podcast and I did a EFG daily commute talking about it too. Um, you know, there are some comparisons to like video games and sports, but one area where it breaks down is like, I don't know what makes a good baseball pitcher. I just don't Right? like, I don't know baseball very well. Um, <laughs> but And I know nothing about Fortnite, but I know what makes a good Fortnite player because Fortnite tells me what's a good Fortnite player because they win. It's true. And yep. they have stats. And, like, I can just – you can just tell because they win consistently. So it's almost like if we pay attention, we will know whether our, our kids or the people around us are good or if they're great. And then we just support true. them. Uh, because at the end of the day, um, if his mom truly didn't support him, she wouldn't have driven him from Pennsylvania to New York to stay in Queens for a week and watch him play a video game tournament that she probably hated. You know, like, you know, like she wouldn't have done it if she didn't support him and know that he had a shot. Yeah. Um, And not only did he have a shot, but he dominated like LeBron. He um,
1: was on. <laughs> Forking believable. I could not believe how quick this kid's clicks per second and clicks per minute were like commands per minute we're going. Like I'm I'm a super old school gamer, right? I when I think about competitive gaming, I think about StarCraft. I think about the original StarCraft and how big that was back in the day. And clearly it's not that anymore. But at the same time, like that's my point of reference. Yeah, it's super, super OG. Like StarCraft is the original esport. Yep so i don't know man like the fortnite world cup was the most wholesome situation that i have ever been a part of and i'm really really glad that i got to be a part of seeing history in the making
0: i because i honestly
1: yeah i honestly believe that this game has the power to transform what esports has been and potentially shape what esports is going to become
0: i agree um we i think people who are in that scene learned a lot or if they haven't learned it yet. Um, go. they, they got a couple of weeks. It's, it's only Tuesday. I mean, we'll give them a little bit of a break. But speaking of esports, um, this is kind of a, a sub-theme of this week's podcast. Um, let's talk about Evo. Let's move, yeah, on, move let's, off of the let's Fortnite. Let's talk, talk about Evo. Evo. So, for those that are longtime listeners of the podcast, you know, I love me some Evo, okay? Evo is Evolution 2019. It is the World Fighting Game Championships – They take place in Vegas. If you want to know how big this thing is, the grand finals event sells out the Mandalay Bay arena for an entire day. I just want to point that out. Sells out the arena for an entire day. So, So, so a bunch of nerds can play fighting games. And I mean that because I am a nerd who would love to play a fighting game in the Mandalay Bay arena. So, um, and I'd watch is, that. Uh, it, you would watch me get just beat up real bad. Um, I would. Pay money. So, I mean, maybe someday. Um, so what I thought I would do, I, you know, there's this whole weekend-long schedule. There's, there's panels this year, which there weren't before, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, they're basically yeah. kind of turning it into like a fighting game convention, as it yeah. should, really. Um, but I want to talk about the schedule for the finale because it is more different than I have ever seen in my entire career watching fighting game tournaments. So, there are four game there are always four games featured during the finale. Um they're generally different, but usually there is one crown jewel at the top. Um so here's the schedule and then Amanda, you can tell me, I'm sure you already know what's, what, what's freaking me out. Um, so at 9am Pacific, uh, they start with blaze blue cross tag battle, which is mm-hmm. a hella Japanese fighting game that features characters from the blaze blue mm-hmm. universe, Not but like also, that. um, Ruby and some mm-hmm. other animes. Um, it's just wild and crazy anime fighting game. Um,
1: Big Anime Energy.
0: Big, yeah, Big Anime Energy is basically the sub... If they just put, like, another, like, an EM dash, and then just said, put, a, a, Big Anime Energy, no one would think that that was fake. They would just think no. that was the name. Um, yeah. At noon Pacific, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. Let's put a pin in that, uh, because that's weird. Um, 3.30 p.m. Pacific run, yeah. time is Tekken 7, which, by the way, Tekken 7 is slaying. Tekken was like this long, relatively forgotten fighting series, and it's just come out of, I don't want to say it's come out of nowhere, but Tekken 7 is absolutely killing it. And then at 7pm Pacific, which is rough for me because that means it's 10pm Eastern, um, is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Okay,
1: all right, so, so I already know which one. I, I, I knew which one you were going to freak out about. Like, I knew.
0: Okay, well, there's two that I'm freaking out about. But let's talk about Street Fighter briefly. Okay. Street Fighter Five, Street Fighter has been the premier fight. It's been, like, the reason Evo exists for almost as long as it has happened. It has been, like, the biggest, some of the most epic moments have been the Street Fighter Grand Finals. Um, every year I watch Evo and it's me on a Sunday night on my couch watching the Evo grand finals, uh, the street fight. And it's me just crazy hype watching these guys. Sometimes my poor wife will sit. You crazy hype? Me Me crazy hype? Never. Um, sometimes my wife like will sit with me for like a few minutes and then be like, all right, I'm good. And then she'll go to bed. Um, (laughs) you know, and, you know, maybe she'll wait until one of the American guys gets eliminated or something. Like, but and then I'm always up until like two in the morning because I can't stop, right? Like I can't stop. Can't and, stop, won't stop. And not only are they not closing with Street Fighter, it's not even the the early evening game. It's yep. in the middle of the day, which it is sure just is so weird to me, and. It's, and I'm just going to say it. This is all Capcom's fault. 100% Capcom's well, okay, you're gonna fault. i you going to have to
1: explain that to, the, to our audience. Because I okay. think I know what you're talking about, but you're going to have to explain that. So,
0: Street Fighter Five is just... So, Street Fighter Four, which was PS3, Street Fighter, probably... Yeah. Like, it brought that franchise back from the brink. I mean, you remember, <laughs> you were covering games, but Street Fighter was a joke. And then Street it Fighter was. Four got announced they showed that at E3 they showed that Street Fighter 4 trailer and everybody was like oh i think this might be a thing and i remember buying that game the day it came out i brought it home street fighter 4 i brought it home um my kids were little my um you know my wife bought my wife bought it for me brought it home she i married her for what a, a reason hole. Um, I married her for a reason. She's, She's support-
1: a keeper, dude. She is She's a, keep- a keeper. I've
0: uh, fifteen years 15
1: for literally years. ever. You need to keep her for literally ever.
0: I've, I'm working on it. Um, I love it. Um, but the so and it was just so good, and the scene around that game was just so great, and the game it's and, true. It and was, it kept getting it? bigger and better, and so many great tournaments and so many Mm -hmm. great performances and so many like legends building uh, names that I'm not going to say because it just would be gibberish to our, um, to, to the audience. Right. But like Daigo wrote a book, Daigo Mm -hmm. wrote a book about winning off of some of his performances. And so the fact that it is so far down, um, is depressing to me um, also, uh, it's
1: not in primetime mode, which is yeah, really upsetting. Which is
0: dep- which is weird. Um, how about Marvel isn't anywhere on the list?
1: That's weird
0: too. Well, part of that again, Capcom's fault because um, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite was just not good.
1: It was a very bad game. I'm yeah. gonna just I'm gonna come out with the saltiest take. I really didn't like that game at all. And to be clear. To be clear, I'm not a huge Street Fighter fan as it is. That's not my game. Tekken is my game. Tekken Tag Tournament has stolen so many hours of my life from the time I was like 14 until I was 18. Yep. So, you know, Tekken is my thing, and then Mortal Kombat. Like, those are my things. Yep. So, not, I've never been like a huge fan of Street Fighter, but I understand what it means, what Street Fighter means to the FGC. To yeah. the fighting game community. Like, I understand that it being bumped that far in the schedule is like a fault from grace, almost.
0: Yeah, and it's all Capcom's fault. The reality, here's the first step. The first step is they put out Street Fighter V. They hurt, They rushed it out the door. Which, can we say quietly that the... the so, when we look back at Are this generation... Are we saying the soft
1: part loud or the loud part soft?
0: I don't know. Let me just say it. And then we can decide whether I'm quietly saying it or not. Um, You know how like there's like now we're at the point in the life cycle of this generation where we're going to start talking about the big stories. Can and I know a lot of folks are talking about like games with a service and you know games as a service and DLC being you know and microtransactions and loot boxes. Can I say that I think quietly the biggest thing that I'm going to take out of this is that this is when games really really started getting put out just too damn early. Cuz it felt like for mm. PS3, Xbox 360 generation, they were coming out too late. But like at least too late. Too late meant we got an average game like Yes. The Last Guardian. Like The Last Guardian just came out too late. And it was just a thing. It but it by, was by no means bad. It was just No. It was just there, but yeah, but you know what? It's just as there as like I don't know, say like Mass Effect Andromeda, which is also there, but not the day it came out. So it's like Street Fighter Five did the exact same thing. They put out a game with like nine. I think it had like ten fighters. It didn't yes, have it a story. It didn't have a story nope. mode. It didn't have it. It had like you it was didn't, an incomplete
1: game. It Let's didn't just even call a a friggin' spade.
0: Didn't even have an arcade mode. Forget a story mode. It didn't even have an arcade mode where you could just fight a bunch of dudes. Um, it was an incomplete game, which which put people off. I mean, mechanically it was fine, um, but it just looked like they took Street Fighter Four, took away some stuff, added one new mechanic with like the V trigger thing, and gave us a couple, gave us like a new character, and then made it this big with this big long DLC plan. Which turned out to be worse than just putting out a new version of it every year. Like this okay, you guys don't like us putting a new, putting out a new Street Fighter 4 every year, which by the way, the new ones they put out were just 30 bucks or they were like 50 bucks anyway and cl- came with all the DLC characters. So just who cares? Just it, that's just the price of doing business. And the solution mm-hmm. was a worse monetization model that more people could complain about <sighs> if it were free to play. I think it would have been less obnoxious, um, and even worse. So Street Fighter Five, this big fall from grace. It's freaking noon, um, and people are asking him. So does this mean? So clearly, Street Fighter Five is on the decline. Um, like I'm no wh- where is Street Fighter expert, Six by any
1: stretch of the imagination. But yeah,
0: where's it's like where's Street Fighter Six? Like where is it? And they have said. Don't look for it, it's not here. at Evo. So, I mean, now would be the time to be like, hey, guess what? We get it. Five was a misstep. We're gonna come back with six next year. And immediately all the hype is I hope back. So. so that's Street Fighter Five. Mm-hmm. It's so depressing. Am I gonna watch it? Of course I am. <laughs> of course um, of course I'm gonna watch Street Fighter Five because I love you know, I love that cast of characters. The people that play it, but what's really weird um, is let's talk about Super Smash Brothers. Now you cover video game news and have done so for d- a decade or more. I can't remember about like- almost
1: a decade. It'll be next year. It'll be a decade.
0: Okay. All right. Good. I thought it was thirteen years for some reason, but at least I that wasn't okay. that off. Um, I was just trying to give you more credit. Um, that's okay. So I'll take it. You remember a couple of years ago, super big deal. Um Super Smash Brothers Wii U and Super Smash Brothers Melee were both going to be No, this was before Super Smash Brothers Wii U was a thing yes. or and they yes. and Nintendo tried to tell them that they could not have Super Smash Brothers Melee in the tournament. After fans had fought and convinced them to put it on there, Nintendo was like, "Nah, you can't do it." And eventually Nintendo like relented and supported it.
1: It took a lot,
0: though. Oh, I mean, it did. It took outcry, and Twitter was just not a great place. I mean, it's not a great place in general, but, like, it was just an extra not great place for a couple of days, people complaining about that. And personally, for me, it made no sense. Um, and now, this is three or four years later, maybe, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is headlining Evo? like, it's such a 180. It's nuts. It's nuts. Um, and I can't freaking wait because I will absolutely go watch this stupid nonsense and just – I don't know what's going to happen. I'm wondering if – because you
1: back on your nonsense. That's what that is.
0: Oh, I'm back on my – I'm back on it. Um, I'm wondering if Hero is going to be legal because uh, Hero came out today, by the way. Character number Hero three in the DLC today. pack. I wonder if he's going to be legal. You think somebody's going to try and be cute and pull out Hero at the grand finals of uh, Evo? I don't know. Maybe. So that's so that's Evo. It's coming up. I'm going to talk a lot about it. I will be live tweeting it very likely from my personal account. That's at Mania. Um Because I am very excited about Evo. I always get excited. I can tell. Um, so, folks, that, that so there are longtime fans that just know July, end of July is when I talk about Evo a lot, and then I stop. So, uh, thank you very much for indulging me today, folks. Um, so, let's move on to something else. Um, so, we got a news update. Um, Joy-Con Drift. So, last week, we talked about Joy-Con Drift. We did. And it was a report. Yes that someone had gotten an email sent to them. Patrick Klepek over at Waypoint had gotten an email sent to him that was an internal memo um, that said that Nintendo was going to be repairing Joy-Con. And it was a report. We didn't know that it was true yet. Not that I didn't nope, believe didn't. him, but we didn't know. Um,
1: uh, we investigated Game Daily.
0: Yeah, it's and it's true. And, there's, and if you want more yep. details, there's a link in the show notes to GameDaily.biz. It is actually a thing. So if you have... Yes. If your Joy-Cons are drifting... So here's what that means. Because I had a couple people ask me this after the last episode... Because I didn't actually explain what drifting was. Um, if your Switch, when it is on, is registering... Like, if you put it down and aren't holding either of the Joy-Cons... And it is registering input from the joysticks on either of the Joy-Cons... To the point where, you know, maybe it, aim, it you know, moves through the menus all by themselves... Or something like that. That means your yep. Joy-Con is drifting. That is, uh, that means that it is potentially broken. Now you can recalibrate it, and they're going. If you call Nintendo support, they're going to encourage you to recalibrate it while you're on the phone with them, because that does fix it in a, a lot of the cases. However, there is a, a mechanical defect with one of the parts where it is possible that it's just a permanent thing. If that's the case, Nintendo will repair that they call them, go through the support mm-hmm. channels, and there are numerous reports. I don't know if you guys actually had somebody do a Joy-Con repair. We did.
1: One of our one of our Joy-Cons was drifting. Okay. So we ended up sending one of ours in.
0: So you haven't gotten it back yet?
1: Nope. nope but but you it'll be coming it. back soon.
0: So you call them, they've got a process and a procedure in place yeah. for their call center. Um, it is at no cost to you. Correct. Before, it was like a $40 charge, which is a lot, considering a set of Joy-Cons is 80 bucks. Now it is at no charge. Um, very likely, because they did not want a class action lawsuit against a growing number of Nintendo Switch customers. Um, yeah, Because, uh, guess what? Lots of people Especially not in Cali. Yeah.
1: Cali is very consumer-friendly.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants... Yeah, nobody wants that kind of a class action lawsuit so they're fixing them realistically as long as someone internally is trying to fix the components maybe you know like do something to make it so it doesn't happen in the future I mean this is kind of a best case scenario right like they're fixing it yep Um, hopefully someone is trying to fix it but they might not be able to the reality is this is the part without a super it's possible without the super redesign um, of the whole Joy-Cons themselves they might not be able to fix it It's tough to say. Um, So hopefully somebody's working on it. At the very least, if your Joy-Con is drifting and recalibrating doesn't doesn't work, you can send it back. I know we will be sending back at least two. Um, And I I owe Jake an apology because I've been blaming him the entire time.
1: It wasn't Jake. He didn't do it. Not this time.
0: That's an update on Joy-Con Drift. Um, If you want to get a full update on everything... Um, head on over. There is a link to the report on GameDaily.biz uh, in the show notes. So um, we actually had a question submitted by one of our fans, um, mm-hmm. and it actually came in today. Uh, was the the question came to me because of a couple of things that all kind of got reported this afternoon? Um, was it so, financials? Uh, yes, it was. In fact, uh, I have links to both of Mike's articles um on games daily well, Di- one of them's
1: Mike's and the other one's johnny's okay yes
0: okay uh to two respectable business writers on game daily.biz um they are in the show notes one um nintendo announced their quarterly earnings they are doing very well and selling a lot of switches they are definitely
1: selling a lot of switches i wouldn't say that nintendo's doing particularly well they are dip de- their revenues depressed but the revenue is depressed because of foreign exchange rates same reason why Sony's revenues depressed. Yeah, more in so
0: yeah, th- that always screws them up. They have a problem oh, yeah. with that.
1: Japanese companies get seriously screwed with that. I thought Canadian companies got screwed with that. Japanese companies get super screwed with that.
0: Yes. So, um, specifically, the area that they are doing well is that they're selling a lot of Switches and are poised to sell even more, as we talked about last week, because they're releasing a Switch Lite two months before they release uh, a primarily handheld RPG. Um, They're going to sell a lot of Switches. Mainline Pokemon. Yeah, maybe they aren't going to be, you know, maybe their revenue will be depressed now, but they're sending out a lot of vectors to pull in more revenue for the future. Um, And PS4, uh, Sony announced that they've shipped 100 million PlayStation 4s. That's a lot of PlayStations. Now, it is worth mentioning, shipped does not mean that they have been sold means that they have been sent. The latest to...
1: up That's right. So that means that they've been sent to retailers. Um 100 million units, uh, 100 million PlayStation 4 units have been shipped to retailers. That doesn't mean 100 million units have been sold yet. So the last numbers that we had, I believe was 92 million, 91 million. Yep. 91.6 million and that was at CES this year, so that was back in January. Um or was that early yeah, late January, early uh-huh. February. So yeah, that's that was CES the last time that they did a report on how many the last public report was ninety one point six million units sold. They're not they're kind of shy about their console unit sales, which is strange considering how well it's selling. Xbox has just kind of given up on yeah. talking about any of its Xbox unit sales hasn't because they
0: talked about their unit sales in not years. Since 2015. 2015 I think. Which th- yeah. and, and there's a good reason for them to do so because them because th- the not telling the story not telling how many consoles they have sold the consoles sold isn't really telling the whole picture. I mean, the reality is exactly. they're still they're still doing okay. Um,
1: they are because Xbox is now a platform, it's, and a service. It's not yeah. necessarily just hardware. Yeah. So, what was our question for this week? The
0: question for the week is over their respective lives. Meaning and by life of a console, meaning from the day that it's released to the day that they stop making them.
1: Yes.
0: Can the Nintendo Switch outsell the PlayStation Four? Yes. I don't
1: absolutely.
0: I don't disagree. I think you absolutely it could. Now here's what's interesting: if Sony sells all these hundred million, which I mean they're gonna. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's, say, like, let's, yeah. say, let's say, let's just say, let's say that they haven't sold a single one since CES and that they've got just eight million sitting on retail in retail shelves, which obviously is not the case, but let's just pretend. They've probably know. sold at least ten. You know. Um, I think that's a safe bet. Um probably. at least ten. Um the um so hundred million console sales puts them very close to outselling both the Wii and What's the other one? And the PlayStation 1. The PlayStation
1: 1, yes. I thought it was the PlayStation 2, but the PlayStation Play... 2 didn't sell as well as no. the first PlayStation. the
0: PlayStation 2 sold 150 million units. I think you're confusing it with another right. one. So the Basically. PlayStation 1 was around 100 million. I'm going to bring up the Wikipedia. That's PDR. right, so
1: was PlayStation 2. Yeah, okay. was PlayStation
0: 2 is the crazy one. And right. I, so... I owned like
1: three different versions of the PlayStation 2.
0: Well, I mean, I'm not going lie to you. Me, it, same. Between my brother and I, we cycled through a lot of them to the point where now yeah, the one PS2, like I still have my launch PS2. Um, I don't. I brought. Um, I, I got mine them. that I bought. Mine still has the security strip on it because I bought mine from Blockbuster when I worked at it. So, and it was a rental wow. unit. So, mine still has the security strip on it. Yeah um
1: dang
0: yeah listen I don't play around I have an OG ps but my all. brother has the one that's like an inch thick um so um the alright so I'm looking at the uh the best selling game consoles with this Wikipedia is like the source for this so um the PlayStation 4 is showing 100 million shipped um is safe to assume that before they stop making them, um, it will eclipse the Wii, which is its final reported numbers were 101.63 million. So I think it'll sell another 2 million over this 100 million. And then the original PlayStation was 102.5 million. Yeah. Um, the real question is so some folks are questioning you know, is the PS4 going to beat the PS2? Very likely, no the ps2 was weird because it was a dvd player
1: yes the ps2 had a ton of staying power because it was also because it was it was because it was a dvd player because it was this multifunction thing that you had in your living room sometimes people would have more than one in their household because yeah. they were really inexpensive too by the end of their life cycle like i've got my playstation slim my playstation 2 slim and i mean that thing still goes I want to play Final Fantasy VI. That's where I'm going to play it.
0: Yeah. Also, like towards the end, they were like 80 bucks.
1: Yeah, they were super inexpensive.
0: Um, yeah, it I... was it
1: was pretty wild because it was just. Whereas this generation of PlayStation, they got, you know, bigger and better and better and better. You know, with the PlayStation 4 and then the PlayStation 4 Pro, it wasn't like that with the the PlayStation 2. It wasn't about incremental hardware upgrades. It was about making it smaller and lighter and. You know, easier to have in your house and yep. easier to justify buying more than one. That's why they were able to, you know, enjoy those sales numbers, and those uh, units shipped. Yeah. As much as they did.
0: but and the switch. The switch. The Which
1: is really interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they can do that where they just make it yes, smaller and cheaper. Yeah. And and I think an indicator and something that I think is going to help prove both of our point because I agree with you by the way. Um, a hundred percent that the switch, not only do I think it can, I, I would, I'm going to call a shot and say that it will, um, because you know what the, uh, other console, I'm going to put console on air quotes that sold more than the original PlayStation. Maybe they didn't beat out the PlayStation two. Uh, one of them is the Nintendo DS and the other one is the Game Boy slash Game Boy Color to handheld Nintendo systems handheld
1: consoles.
0: which is yeah, what that's, the Switch is
1: exactly it's a hybrid console for sure because you plug it into your dock but with the Switch Lite that is a dedicated handheld console mm-hmm. so you'll be able to you can definitely make those one-to-one comparisons I genuinely believe that with the advent of the Switch Lite they're eventually going to have a better Switch that they're going to bring out on the market and maybe this ends up segmenting their software market maybe it doesn't Maybe it ends up segmenting their community. Maybe it doesn't, but they have so much more. They have a much better chance at saturating the market, having a number of like a couple of different SKUs, much like the PlayStation two did. And they made it cheaper and more accessible to get at than its predecessor or its successor for crying out loud. There yeah. was no such thing as a smaller PlayStation three. I mean, kind of, I guess.
0: They well, I mean, they did. They, the I end. mean, the, the first one was basically like a George like, Foreman grill. Like,
1: like, like, slim, right? I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a while for me.
0: Um. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the, yeah, the PS3, I mean, it went through a remodel, but not. I mean, the first one was like a George Foreman grill. Yeah, and it the, was. The second was one was like a baby George Foreman grill, but it was still. But it
1: was. Essentially the same design. It was uh-huh. the same kind of structure. It was the same kind of shell. Yeah. Um, but it was just a little bit smaller because it didn't have that backward compatibility. Yeah, it
0: didn't literally have a so... PS2 in it. Because exactly. the, the launch PS3s had a PS2 in them. And yeah,
1: well, like more or less, but yeah.
0: More or less. I mean, not literally, but like it had a lot yeah. of the guts, not to up space. <laughs> so. Yep. So the Switch, I mean, it's absolute. I mean, also, also, I mean, you have to calculate in the fact that eventually they're going to make a purple one and like the whole What's Good Games community is going to buy one, <laughs> right? And, and sure, I'm
1: to buy one. not because I'm necessarily part of the What's Good Games community. They're great though. I have nothing yeah. but mad respect for all three of them. But you I love think they're wonderful. purple but i love purple.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's so, Yeah, no, I, I it's it's one of the, like it, that's the thing, right? Like the, I mean, i and and we're still dealing with launch prices for the switch. Like could you imagine like let's just fast forward 3 years from now. Xbox the new Xbox and the new PS5 are out.
1: It's um, it, PS5 And then
0: the switch is just still like plugging along cuz it just doesn't care. It's, it's underpowered. But it still doesn't care, and they're still making more. And at that point, I'll have my two OG switches, and like, you know, the price on that's dropped to two hundred bucks, and the price for the switch light is like hundred and twenty-five dollars, which is not out of the question. As we fast forward down through time, Could you mad? Like right now, a two DS is seventy bucks. Now, admittedly, a switch Lite... Probably will never get there. But I can absolutely imagine a world, you know, a bunch of years down the line where a Switch light's 99 99 And that's madness. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I can't, like, we're going to have so many of those in this house. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, you probably will too.
0: I mean, but you have the, the population to support it.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, you're not lying. Yeah. We do.
0: I mean, you need it because of Animal Crossing alone. Um,
1: okay, can we, like, let's just, like, let's put a pin in that. My youngest kids are playing Animal Crossing right now. My youngest one New can't Leaf. read yet. Vivi's playing it, Gabe's playing it, and they're going nuts for it. They just love the heck out of Animal Crossing New Leaf.
0: Um, my kids do the same. Um, Maggie has finally started to, like, actually figure out how to play the game, uh, which is That's not good. something she, yeah, like, she can play it mostly for real. But until she could play it mostly for real, they just played hide-and-seek. They, like, opened the gates, and she would, like, run around, and they would try and find her. Like, that game, when it comes to Switch, it's just going to be madness, Amanda. It's going to be madness. Um, the attach and
1: rate on that is going to be amazing.
0: Yeah, um follow-up speaking of things selling more things um so so I, for the, for our fan who sent in that question thank you very much uh, if you have more questions please send them over to our facebook page at facebook.com slash engage family gaming or engage slash facebook because we're fancy um the uh follow-up um right now uh the highest selling um switch game is mario kart 8 deluxe do you with the best think, attach
1: rate too
0: With the best attach rate, do you think um that it is possible that animal crossing could eclipse that
1: I don't know. I don't I don't think so.
0: And here's my reasoning. Yeah, okay. I agree with you, but I'm definitely interested in your reasoning.
1: So my reasoning for that is Mario Kart 8 is about as mainstream of a game as you can get. It's incredibly accessible. True facts. You can put it down in front of Grandma, and she can play with you. And it will be really, really fun. You can get little kids to play it. You can get people that don't identify as quote-unquote gamers to play it. But Animal Crossing... Animal Crossing, even as much as we wanna we we wanna say like, all right, well this is gonna be super amazing and you know, the Animal Crossing fans are super excited, the fact of the matter is that our community of Animal Crossing fans is still quite small in comparison to mainstream gaming, which is very much so, you know, a Fortnite world, an Apex Legends world, a PUBG world, and on Nintendo, a Mario Kart world. So that's uh that's my thinking on that like I think it, it's yeah. it's a nice thing to think about, but I don't think it's reasonable
0: I think you're probably right I think you're probably right what what gave me pause um that made me think that Mario Kart might be like touchable right is that smash is gaining on it you know what I mean um, cause smash is selling very well and I expect that it's going to get a significant bump being that it is the headliner of Evo. Um, because the headliner sure. of Evo always gets a pretty big bump, right? You see people playing well, you want to play it. Um, it's like the Fortnite effect. Um, yep. but so I guess you're probably right. I think, you know, just thinking about that, I think the only thing that can beat Mario Kart eight deluxe is Mario Kart nine.
1: Yep. You're right. That one I would agree with. Is we'll see when we do eventually see a new Mario Kart, which, by the way, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is a live service game. I don't know if we ever. I don't know if we will. So that that's kind of up in the air right now in terms of will they actually build a brand new game, like they built for Smash. I don't know, because if Mario Kart Eight is a live service game, like what's their incentive?
0: Well, I mean, but it doesn't have. I think about it from like... a business perspective, though. But,
1: What's the incentive?
0: Well, I mean, selling twenty million more units, like that's the incentive, like that's all I got. Um, the, um, like you're right though. I mean, I get, I, I do get what you're saying, and you did, t- you your your, um, straight facts did uh, take the wind out of my sails a little bit, but I I mean personally, I think mean, if it were me. Mario Kart Nine is no brainer because you sold. They sold what, like twenty, like seventeen, eighteen million units of Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Yep. They're gonna like. I, I think that the ceiling, that like that's the that feels like the floor. Like, just th- th- everybody that owns Mario, like if you own Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, why would you not buy Mario Kart Nine? Um, so that feels like the floor, and that feels like an awful lot of dollars, but you're right, they could also just, for not as much effort, release a $10 DLC pack, and everyone would buy it immediately. Um, they just, the issue is they just haven't done it yet. Like, I know it's, yep. it's a live service game, and it's got online support, and there's all sorts of stuff going on, but they haven't put new stuff in it in a while. Um, so, I mean, but then again, they are making the mobile game, so that's probably where some of their efforts are. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We will see. I mean, here's the good news. Um, Mar- it's not like we're playing a bad game while we wait because Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is pretty good. Yep. Pretty You're good. Right. Um, and, and, and it's crazy to think about how many, like, it's so good that we are getting a, like, just a cavalcade Shh. Of other platform or like kart racers, like Crash is out and a new Sonic Team Racing is out. They announced a Garfield racing game today. I
1: know, I saw that today. Who asked It's coming out the same that? day as Death Stranding. I don't know. I feel like maybe Death Stranding's in trouble though. So,
0: um, okay, for real, it's $30. I That's know. A plus. It kind of looks cute though. It does look cute, but, like... It
1: does it looks cute. I don't know how robust it would be, but it's super, super cute.
0: I mean, is lasagna one of the weapons? Like, if it's not, I'm going to sure be real mad. So. Um, but I'm just really confused by this game. Um, but, yeah, like, it's so weird. Like, all of a sudden, all these car forces are coming. So, anyway. Um, so, that's it. We did our thing. Um, the So, that's the question of the week. And I added, like, four more. It's great. So, I always
1: love questions. Yeah. I'm so, so here for it.
0: Hopefully, um, our, you know, if you have more questions or want to hear us partificate on other things, please sound off and let us know on Facebook. So, um, we did it, Amanda. We did. So You're we very
1: successful. I feel so good about this.
0: We did. So this has been episode one hundred and ninety one of Engage, a family gaming podcast. Uh, I do hope that you guys enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about Amanda's voyage to Indiana and all the board My games that you time. played. Your first time. Uh, make sure to check out Lucas Oil Stadium, even though you don't know what they do there. Um I don't. But it, it's big and green, so you'll get cool. it. Um, it's all like right. a hockey rink with no ice um, and like three have times the, the size. Ice. Well, I okay. mean – It's the middle of August. Um, So, um, everybody, I hope you have a great week. Uh, We will see you next time. And until then, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.